You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. We are in the world, not of it. Amen. That means we are here. The hope is here. The restoration is here. The ministry of reconciliation is here because we are in the world, the sons and daughters of God, but we are not of it, which means we do not answer to it. I remember when I started working for the, for the school, very limited work for the school. Um, and when I first started, it was just volunteer. I wasn't getting paid for anything. I was just volunteering over there. And, and Randy, in his wisdom, kept it like that because... I was in the school, but I was not up the school. I didn't answer to the school. I answered to God, and I answered to Randy. And so that was an amazing protection for me because what it showed me was that it is better to have influence over authority. If you're of the world, you can have authority. If you recognize who you are in the world, you can have influence. And I would much rather have influence than authority. Influence changes lives. Authority hadn't worked so well for the world just yet. Let's go with influence. Amen? Amen. We are in the world, but not of it. And we are equipped with every heavenly answer. We are equipped with the Holy Spirit who will lead us into all truth. Amen? And we are in this world to bring and establish hope. Amen? We are here to do that. We cannot be those that are counted amongst those that are hopeless. We have to be those that are establishing hope in the hopeless. Amen? Last week, we looked at this. Yeah, thank you, Carrie. Amen? Amen. Come on, dude. I'll get off the stage. This is mobile. I don't have to stay up here. Shorty was stuck to the cord. I'm not. I'm cordless, okay? So I will get in your face, all right? I coached for a while. I can yell. There's no bubble for me. You're all in my bubble already, so sorry, all right? So last week... We talked about this taboo topic, but it's really, it's not a taboo topic, but we, it is as far as the Christian world goes. We, we talked about depression and the, the weight of depression and what it's doing to the world around us and what's causing it. And we talked about this because it is widespread and it is everywhere. But the real thing that we were talking about is recognizing this point that if the church does not talk about something, we leave it open for the world to define it. If we, the church, are silent about anything, now that anything, be careful with that anything. I'm talking about the things that affect people's lives. The things that are at the root are, are found between their relationship with the Lord. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about red or blue. Right or left. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that change people's hearts. Depression identity. These kind of things that change, drastically transform people's lives because we have allowed the world to define it. Things like truth. We've not, we've not allowed the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth, and so we've left it open for the world to define what truth is, and it is relative based on who you are and what you feel. That's what we've introduced to the, that's what we've allowed the world to to believe about truth, that it changes case to case. But truth is found with the Holy Spirit and only experienced with the Holy Spirit. But if we do not talk about things, 
We leave it open for the world to define. And this week, I want to talk about identity. Who God calls me. That's identity. The peace of His heart that I carry. Turn with me to Romans 8, 16. Identity is one of these topics that is not talked about in the church because it's not understood in the church, but you can't understand it in the church if you don't have the Holy Spirit. He will lead you into all truth. If you kick out truth, how can you discover new truth? Can't do it. It is not possible. Identity. Who the Lord calls me, the peace of His heart that I carry. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. We do not sit as co-heirs with the Prince of Peace, nameless. We do not sit on this throne without a name. And we sit next to the Prince of Peace. And we too have names that the Lord has given. Purpose is found in these names. Destiny is found in these names. We have an identity found only in the presence of God. We are in the world equipped, but not of it. But if you don't know Jesus, and if you don't walk with Jesus, you are of the world. You have no choice. Can we agree on that? If you do not walk with Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, you had no choice. You are of the world. You are a slave in shackles. We believe that to be true. And this is why we see such fluidity with this topic of identity. Right? Let's talk about that for a second. You want proof that generational strongholds exist? Look at identity. When it is left open for generations and generations and generations and generations to define and search for, we get to where we are today regarding identity. The church has allowed this to be defined by the world. This is a reflection of truth being relative. This is a generational thing that has happened for a long time because we have stayed silent with the answer. We cannot stay silent. This is the cost. This is the cost. People, we, we believe, okay? We believe that all things, all things were made through Him and for Him. Do you believe that? Do you believe that to be true? That all things were made for God, by God. Do you believe that? Okay, if you believe that, then that, you believe that to be a fact. Yes? You believe that to be your reality. If you believe that to be your reality, do you also believe that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth? Do you believe without the Holy Spirit, you cannot find truth? Okay, so you believe that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. So what happens when you don't believe that? What happens when, when, you, when that is not your reality? Those aren't the facts that you know. What are you left with? Every one of us was made for Him, through Him, with purpose. There is not a single person in this room, on this earth, that is alive, that ever has been, that ever will be, that has not been set on this earth with purpose. Every one of them. Great and masterful and beautiful purpose. But if they are not introduced to that, this is what we get. And this is also very encouraging to me. And this may not be encouraging. I look around and I see the push and the, the desperate search for identity and trying to find anything that hits home and makes sense and that grounds you. I'm encouraged. Because people are searching. 
They are searching, and if the children of God are active, who will they eventually find? They will find us, standing there waiting for them, with no judgment, no care, knowing the truth, knowing the answer that will set them free, actively and joyfully waiting for them to just, okay, just look over here. I'm right behind you. I'm right here with you. And if you would look, everything that you're searching for, you would find. Not because Parker does anything in himself, but because God has called me who he has called me. He has equipped me to be a vessel that carries the presence of God everywhere I go. And if the presence of God is with me, so is the truth of God, and so is the freedom of God, so is the hope of God, and so is the joy of God. So anywhere I go, and anyone that I come in contact with can encounter that. And it will set them free, because they were made for it. There is not a person alive to this day that has ever been or ever will be that is not made for Him. We believe this to be a fact. We believe this to be our reality. But can it be a fact for you without experience? Let me ask another question. How did you know that you were made for Him? You read this scripture, right? All things were made for Him and through Him. But how did you know that you were made for Him? I'll tell you, I can't answer for you, but I can answer for me. I experienced Him. I encountered God. I didn't encounter a, a powerful sermon. I didn't encounter a, really, encounter a really nice worship set where the lights were real dim. There was a fog machine and I felt the Spirit. It's not what it was. It wasn't a show for me. I encountered God. And I could take you to where I was in First United Methodist Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma in this little basement, weird children's area thing. You know what I'm talking about? Where the little... Ch- yeah, 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 right down the hall from the big cafeteria. This church was huge. This was, it was, it was too big. There's such thing as too big of a church, and I grew up at one. I was just, it was, it was insane. Anyways, but on this little square, ugly beige carpet, as an eight-year-old, I encountered God. And I remember, I remember it was such great depth. Of, of what happened. It, it was like the room went empty and all that existed was the presence of God and that spot on the floor that I was standing in. Everything else was gone. I'm telling you, I experienced Him and all of a sudden I knew that I was made for Him and, and, and through Him. And I encountered that. I experienced that because I experienced Him who spoke it. So you tell me, have you, do you know that to be true absent encounter? The answer is no. I'll, just, I'll answer it for you. You can't know that to be true without encounter. Turn with me to two, Ephesians 2, there it is. Eight, just any two, just any chapter. Ephesians 2, verse 8. This is a common passage, common verse. We know this well, but I don't think we sit with it very often to understand what it's really saying. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. He gave us a gift of faith that we could have faith in Him. We couldn't come up with it of our own. We couldn't earn it. We couldn't go through a checklist of things that you've got to do before you can have faith. Faith comes from encounter. Faith comes from experience. Faith comes from dwelling in the presence of God. Your faith will increase. You can't come to a moment of difficulty and then all of a sudden have the faith adequate for that moment of difficulty have you not first been found in the presence of God. 
Right? Do we believe that to be true? So is there, is there a way for their reality to change other than experiencing God? Is there a way for their reality to change other than experiencing God? Yes or no? no. Absolutely not. And how many of you in your journey... How many of you have never experienced God through another person? How many of you have experienced God through another person? Every one of us. There is not a person in here that has not encountered the presence of God through somebody else. Have you encountered the presence of God without somebody else? Sure. Have you encountered the presence of God with other people? Yes. What are we doing right now? Two or more are gathered. The presence of God is there. And because you've brought the presence with you, and I've brought the presence with me, we get to experience the presence of God together. There's not one of us that has not experienced the presence of God through someone else. What's also important to realize, turn with me to Matthew 16, Jesus experienced His Father through other people. We don't recognize that. We don't realize that. We, that, that puts more power and focus on the fact that we have to be the ones that carry the presence to one another. We get to encounter the presence of God through one another. And in Matthew 16, or Matthew, yeah, Matthew 16, verse 15. We know this. Jesus is asking the disciples, who do you say that the Son of Man is? In verse 15, but He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ. The Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So then the key to introducing them to the reality and truth they are made for is held within us. Amen? We see Jesus, even Jesus, encountering His own Father through another. Through another person. Because it was not flesh and blood that revealed this, but it was His Father who is in heaven that revealed this to Him. Showing Him and speaking and hinting at what would be the future of this church, this church that would be guided by revelation from the Father. That He would give us the answer to the moment we found ourselves in, to the question that we had before us. That He would bring the answer. There is no way to do it without encounter. And we have the ability to introduce them to the presence of God because we carry it with us. And coming back to this, can you blame them? Can we really blame them for searching for identity anywhere that they can find it when we have been quiet? Can you blame them? I don't blame them at all. And again, I'm encouraged that they're searching. I would much rather a heart that is searching for the answer than a heart that is content not knowing it. Right? But on the other side of this, the church has been the heart that has been content not knowing it. Or not giving it. That would be like me sitting with the water hose and watching my neighbor's house burn. Hose in hand. Man, that sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry your house is burning. 
But I've got, the, I've got the source of life. I've got the ability to put it out right here in my hands. All I've got to do is a little bit just squeeze that trigger. Right? And let it go. And let it do what it will naturally do. It does not require a lot of us. The world is in a new depth of searching for identity and we have the answer. We are standing with the answer. And the answer is easy to deliver. It's easy to deliver. It's, uh, it, was, it was delivered this morning as we were singing of, of His goodness. It doesn't require that you go to every person that you see and be like, do you want to know who the Lord calls you to be? That's not it. Those moments will come. But if you are who God has called you to be fully and functionally, their lives will be changed. Look at Acts 2, 42-47. Where did it say that they were going door-to-door knocking saying, do you want to know about Jesus? No, they were celebrating. They were worshiping. They were studying the Scriptures together. They were breaking bread. They were having fellowship with one another. And they were, they were receiving their food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God. And they were walking in obedience together. They were just living this life together. And then all of a sudden, the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. They were living life together, worshiping God, focused on Him, walking with Him, not worried about anything else. And then these people just, can I join you? Can I come? That's what they were doing. And that's all it takes. I'm not telling us to go out and find every broken person you can find and then start telling them about identity. I'm saying just worship God in truth. Sing, when we sing these songs that you are good, when we sing these songs that a time of jubilee is coming, let there be jubilee in here. Sing it with power. Sing it with authority. Sing it believing it. Not withholding anything back. Jesus gave His body for us. We can give our bodies in a time of worship. We can give every ounce of energy that we have to worship Him. We can give everything that we have because the other thing is that we are now filled with the presence of God and when the sons and daughters speak, things happen. Do you believe that? I believe that when I say you are good, the world around me is reflecting His goodness. And it is changing whether it likes it or not. And I believe when I speak the name of Jesus that mountains literally tremble. Strongholds that would seek to destroy the kingdom of heaven tremble just because I said the name that defeated it. Just because a son and daughter of God recognized who his brother was. And I said, Jesus. Everything around shook. Just because I said, you are good. And it shook. The legion that was filling the man possessed came to Jesus before he spoke a word just because he set foot on the beach, and it came pleading not to destroy him. Jesus did not live and die that he would be the only one that walked with that power. He lived and died and made a way that you could be filled with the same presence of God that filled him and that he walked throughout the entirety of his days with. And it changed the world. Three years of ministry. How long has the Spirit had a hold of you? He did this in three years. You have a lifetime. And guess what? Jesus didn't raise any children. You can raise children in it. That a child, from the first day that they come into this world, and their first breath is taken, that what's also taken with it is their encounter with the presence of God. From the very first moment that they would be born into it and they would know nothing but it. 
Can you, can you imagine a world established in that kind of kingdom? That's what we get to do. Focus on Him. It's not asking us to do anything but live for Him, focus on Him, walk with Him, and do it in boldness. Do it in boldness. I would love if we didn't need chairs in this room because there are just too many people. There's just too rowdy. I just couldn't contain you guys to a row. I just need to get it out of the way so you could really praise God. Right? I, there's nothing that we need to withhold from Him because He's withholding nothing from us. And when we do that, there will be a time of jubilee. There will be old and young returning to Jesus. There will be those that have been desperately grasping in the darkness trying to find who they are and who they're made for. They'll find it. Because the sons and daughters just simply praise God for the fullness of who He is and all that He's done for us. That's all we got to do. It is so simple. Let's just praise God together and watch the world around us change. I challenge you to just come here on a Sunday and be ready to praise God in fullness and watch what happens in your own life. Man, that line, the king of my heart, the mountain where I run. The fountain I drank from. Man, when that is reflected in the sons and daughters of God, nothing else will matter. When we are just focused on the mountain that we're running to, drinking from this fountain and only this fountain, the world around us will change. And they will find identity. They will find purpose. They will find destiny. Because we were chasing after Him. Not them, because we're chasing after Him. And what he'll also do, it's really great because he's got this masterful plan and I know you've encountered it, how you're just kind of like, man, Lord, how did you do that? How did you work that out so well? When you just pursue God and you naturally find yourself in the place that you needed to be for that very moment. You guys had those moments? It's just like, how did, I, how did this moment so perfectly happen? This is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now in this moment. This is the exact person I'm supposed to be talking to. How did the Lord do this? I never do this. You had those moments? Man, and all it took was letting God be God and you just focus on Him. And the world around you shifted. And the world around us changed. And they will find identity in it. Genesis 22, verse 18. Don't go there. It will be on the screen. I just want to speak this over you. That we would only believe this. As we sing that you are good, and we sing, we sing about His goodness and we sing about all that is coming and all that He's going to do, of the returning to Jesus that we will see, I pray that we would believe this. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed My voice. There is an, there is an aftermath to our simply obeying His voice. Generations yet to come will be blessed because we here today obeyed His voice. That's powerful. And that is, that is what I will believe is to come next. You know, that, that's kind of the, a common question that no one's really asking, but everybody's secretly asking of, oh my goodness, what next? What next? That's what I believe will be next. I believe that a time of jubilee is coming. That will be next. That will be now. I'm not going to wait for next. Let's not wait for next. Let's just do it now. Amen? Amen. That young and old would return to Jesus. We have this amazing and wonderful opportunity to walk in obedience with generations that are here now, with these kids that are here now. We can walk in obedience to establish His kingdom. 
It's something that we can do together, and it's something that will lead others into their identity, into their purpose, when we, the body of Christ, are focused on Him and His heart, and His heart for you, and His heart for us. And we just love Him. When we allow Him to open every door that needs to be opened, He will put you where you need to be placed. But there is a desperate searching for identity. In church, you have the answer. So I'm not saying get up and go to them. I'm just saying worship in fullness and in power. And give Him all of yourself. Every day, every moment, give Him everything that you have. And then they will find identity. They will find purpose. They will be led into it. Because you worship God and you did not deviate from Him. You were focused on Him and you couldn't have your eyes taken from this mountain. This fountain that you drank from. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.